ho, tutor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carrie for Tutor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is angel. Now, dear tutor files, in this world, there are many, many temptations, are there not? And if you give into temptation, what shall happen? You shall sin. And if you sin, you shall go down to hell. Indeed, down into the bowels, flames licking at you for all eternity. Although some people do think differently, they are certain that the devil chooses oil, not flame, and you shall be boiled in oil for all eternity, your skin endlessly peeling off. But how may you free yourself? What hope have you? You must approach your demon steadily, stealthily, and then... Whoa! Wow! Scare the hell out of them! Philadelphia! <laughs> Once you scare the hell out of your demon, he is an angel. It is so. This is my advice. I would not have Tudor files trapped, either in oil or flame. Philadelphia, you scared us. Did I? How delightful. Angel is our word of the week. How now, Tudor files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. So diverting. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Tudor Files, thank you for listening. Every one of you has the wit of Rosalind and the heart of Cordelia. And thank you for writing to Philadelphia on YouTube and suggesting words. Shout out to at Brian Edwards. 7142. Your word will be on very soon. Why did you choose Angel Philadelphia? We know the meaning of the word. There is no question that we know the word angel refers to a messenger of God. Yet, it is also the name for a coin. An angel is money? And some say it was patent after the French coin, Angelot by our King Edward IV in 1465, but I do not believe it. Why would Edward copy a French coin? There is no sense to it. But why did they call it an angel if it's not an anglicized version of the French? They called it an angel because this beautiful gold coin was adorned with the image of an angel, the Archangel Michael. In the US, I don't think we have angels on our coins. We do have Lady Liberty, though. Well, that's true. <laughs> and on the angel coin, it's quite a dramatic scene because the archangel is slaying a dragon. These are really beautiful coins. So they were really beautiful to look at, but were they also worth a lot? They are worth a great deal if you are a servant, but far, far less if you are nobility, as I am. So what would you say its buying power was? An angel is worth half a pound, ten shillings. A sovereign is worth twenty shillings. And if one is to consider servants' wages, a male servant might make two pounds per year, but a nobleman might make as much as twenty-five thousand pounds. A reasonable sum, is it not? A fine husband such a nobleman would make. So an angel is worth quite a bit. But, of course, angels were worth different amounts at different times. The economy during this period was always changing, you know, as it always is. But I think one of the interesting things about the angel coin was that there was a superstition around it. That if you won gambling with your angel coin, you would double your money? Do not jest, my dear Gage. 
This coin has beautiful healing power. Elizabeth's coins could bring health to the afflicted. By paying for a barber surgeon? Stop your tongue. It is a very beautiful power in the coin, brought about by King Edward I. As you well know, kings and queens would invite alchemists to make gold for them, and King Edward was no different. He asked the alchemist, Ramon Lulil, to make the purest gold, and the king named it Angel Gold. And this alchemical gold has healing powers. But that was hundreds of years before Elizabeth coined her angel coins. I don't think there was any leftover alchemical gold in Elizabeth's coins. It makes absolutely no sense. You have no sense. It is a touch piece. If you are afflicted with a terrible skin inflammation called the king's evil, the touch of an angel coin can carry the disease away. And Queen Elizabeth, the very particular, would use her touch to cure this disease. Oh, my, yes. As did Henry VIII and Queen Mary. But my gracious Queen Elizabeth, she did not always use a coin. She would touch the sores of common people? Apparently she did. Elizabeth's chaplain, William Tucker, wrote, How often have I seen Her Most Serene Majesty prostrate on her knees, body and soul wrapped in prayer? How often have I seen her with her exquisite hands, whiter than white as snow, boldly and without disgust, pressing their sores and ulcers and handling them to health? How often have I seen her worn with fatigue, as when in one single day she healed eight and thirty persons of the struma. And this Tooker wrote that most, in quotes, of these touched eventually regained health. The kings and queens and all the common people believed that royalty was so high up in the great chain of being that it could heal people. Elizabeth would take time on her summer progresses to do ceremonies where she would lay her hands on people to heal them. It's just not how I see Elizabeth. But then when I think about it in another way, it is because imagining Elizabeth there among the people and using her hands to heal them, that's very strong images that she cares about her people. So maybe it is very, very like her. I wonder if she actually believed she could cure people. Yeah, I'm sure she believed it. There's no way she saw herself as a charlatan. You ladies are without sense. My gracious queen can cure. It is not strange. But if she were not able to bring healing herself, the angel coin would suffice. One could press it to the affected area and it would bring healing. Well, since the king's evil was a pretty nasty condition, I guess it's good to get rid of it however possible. That's true. And with Elizabeth laying on her hands, it was a chance to be near the monarch, which would be very exciting. I agree. But Philadelphia, I don't know if we can use angel as a coin as a vocabulary for modern audiences. Oh, so sad. You do not call your coins angels anymore. You call them quarters, nickels, dimes. How low. But don't be a boggler. Bring some 16th century sauce to your vocabulary with flibbity-gibbet or mackins or one of the other many wonderful words I have brought to you. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like.